Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 11:50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air today. Uh, and uh, stormy, sunny. It's stormy a little bit, sunny a little bit, and uh, windy in Seattle. But it's springtime, and it's beautiful here. Beautiful. I know to bring my guests on, Mr. Rye here. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about uh, remembering the life of, our, uh, of Dr. Martin Luther King. And for we who believe in freedom, we cannot rest till freedom come. How are you doing, Mr. Rye? I'm doing very fine, and that was a very appropriate opening. Uh, freedom has got to come. And, yes. Uh, we talk about what Dr. King fought for up until his death 54 years ago. A young man you know, uh, but a very impactful person in terms of fighting for our rights. So today is the 54th anniversary of his death uh, that occurred in the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, while he was there standing up for the black garbage workers. And, right. Uh, uh, and he was standing up really, and we still talk about the same thing today, uh, affirmative action, the state's been without affirmative action for 23 years a contributing factor of the mass exodus of Blacks out of the central area of Seattle because of economic inequality. And now they're saying so, the medium income is almost $100,000 a year. So uh, that means that they want to make Seattle like San Francisco. I mean, they don't want any other people here but rich, but the people in technology who actually is running the world. <laughs> <Some level. laughs> yeah, well, we, we got, we're going to have an answer for that one too through MLK Gandhi Empowered Initiative. So we're going to keep up with, with the game. Well, yeah, so um, anyway, I mean, you know, 54, look what has happened in all of these years that uh, Dr. King mm -hmm. has been gone. And of course, his lovely wife, Coretta Scott, is also there. And then he had a daughter that passed uh, also. So um, anyway, just um, it's, a, it's just something to think about, to think about somebody that came along uh, that, uh, that was uh, that was so dynamic uh, and so crystal clear about what the issues were uh, and are today that they, those issues are still, like you said, prominent uh, in our in our behavior, in our life today. Lindsey Graham is one of those uh, Dixiecrats just now over there in the GOP. I mean, so you see this stuff coming back here, coming back, coming back. And, uh, you know, we have done everything we could to get to, to move to the next level. It's not because we're lazy, you know. <laughs> None of this because we're lazy or, or, or you know, shuffling along and not trying to get anything done. Uh, uh, it's because we're brilliant, I think, is one of the reasons why we keep going through this is because they never dreamt and they've thought in 100 years, uh, in, actually in 1,000 years, uh, uh, in, in 1865, that we would still probably be around. <laughs> well, I tell you, everything was planned against us, but I tell you one thing, you talk about the intellectual capacity of African-Americans and descendants of, of United States enslaved, all they got to do is look and see who all these inventions. That right, all the inventions. Black, that's right. black folks. Mm -hmm. And right. not only just mechanical things, but also when you look at what Booker T. Washington was able to do, when you look at, I mean, we have so many people, Dr. Charles Rue with blood plasma. I mean, he just list goes on, but you know what? From here, if that's taught to young white kids, that's, that's called critical race theory. That means that you're teaching something positive and the truth about the contributions of Black folks to the United States of America. And not to mention uh, all the sacrifices we made in every war. And uh, 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 Congressman uh, uh, Alberta Adams out of North Carolina 
reminded everybody a couple of months ago, when they built Washington, D.C., they didn't have any cranes. They had black men standing on top of each other. <laughs> and one of them fell off and broke his neck. It's got another one. You know, so I mean, that is really, uh, that's really so true, uh, 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 Mr. Ride. But the other thing about, about all of this is uh, everything that white people use today, that's, that's important, even from the cell phone, because in the cell phone, you got Cotad. Only place you find it is in Black Africa, in the heart of the Congo. So everything, even in the computer, everything that they use today has a black somewhere on it. Whether they go into the hospital to get a drug, drug a, a, a blood transfusion, you know, the traffic light, the windshield wiper, uh, 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 what's his name? But Basil trying to go to space. You need to need to thank Katherine Johnson. I mean, so it's nothing you can do in America today that it does not have an African Negro colored black hand on it, see. And the thing about it, it's for everybody. It's not just for us. <laughs> you know, it was no, invented it, for everybody. I mean, but like, all, all this technology is around the world. I mean, the blood transfusion, everything here is around the world. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. It's everywhere. And yeah. then another thing, too, is that, you know, <clears throat> we have uh, hundreds of thousands of Blacks in the military, many of them stationed around the world. At the same time, what Dr. King was fighting for, uh, the, the fight is still on. I mean, I, you have to feel real bad to be in another country and they're reading about uh, the voter suppression uh, in this state, uh, in this country, denying African-Americans and other people access to the ballot. So, you know, you have to come down and ask yourself, what are they really defending? Are they really defending? You know, and it makes me think about, you mentioned Lindsey Graham earlier, who voted for uh, Judge Kentaji uh, uh, Brown-Jackson for the appellate court, the court right under the D.C. court. But it was really sickening to see lesser qualified men going after a more qualified Black woman. It was just, I mean, she just, uh, a lot of people just made a lot of jokes about it. They are a joke. And uh, if they really think for one minute that that went over well, and I don't think so. And I think Democrats need to give up uh, conceding the midterm elections. With January 6th, with Trump, and with everything else that's going down, Roe v. Wade, the woman's right to choose. And I just can't see a whole bunch of white women voting against uh, their rights and their daughter's rights and their sister's right to be able to choose what happens with their own body. Now, Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I might disagree of, with you on that because 70% of white women voted against their self-interest when they voted for Trump. So, uh, you know, I mean, that, you know, the Democrats need to actually ratchet it up and just really get busy trying to pass something work on uh, work on the voters' rights uh, uh, initiative and all of those kinds of things. So uh, anyway, um, I think we've got even a bigger problem on our hand right now. I mean, as we talk about Dr. King and, you know, the wonderful Thurgood Marshall that went to the bench that, uh, you know, got us, uh, got some of these laws overturned and stuff like that. You have now that the, G the GOP party is going to be the party of treason. I mean, these are the people who supported Putin. But this war that's going on and all of this mm -hmm. other stuff. So, uh, so that's that. So, so if these people were smart, the uh, the Democrats were smart, they would make hay on that. I mean, they would just actually. I don't know who their strategists are because I just don't understand what their strategies are. But in the meantime, we we'll we have to continue to fight ourselves uh, uh, to be the mover because we got a lot of young people who don't believe that it's necessary to vote because look what happened. He, uh, you know, he Biden made promises, came in, didn't keep them. So. 
So what are you going to do about all these millenniums who's a large group of people who, if Dr. King was alive, wonder what his message would be to them. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, a lot of them went down to be crossed, you know, walk across Selma and because they've been, they have not been taught with the real history. Sometimes they disaffected about, uh, about this country uh, and, uh, and the system. Uh, and so they want to do something else. But if we don't vote, then we write back. And, that, and that's one of the things he was out there talking about. I mean, uh, and when he was in Memphis, I mean, you know, they have the sign on, say, I'm a man, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, um, and, and, uh, and they wanted, they wanted uh, a fair wages is what they were voting for. And before they would bring, and me, this is a hard topic to talk about, but before they would pay us a fair wages, they opened the, the door for immigration. And so, I mean, and, and, so, and, and so that brought that wedge that's there and they did that on purpose because they, they, they were determined that they would never pay us a fair wage, you know, so. Uh, yeah, now, but, I, was, uh, uh, I was reading a piece uh, recently about how uh, down south, how they brought in uh, some Chinese immigrants. But then when the Chinese immigrants found out they were paying other folks more than they were paying them, they walked off the job without saying anything. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so, but I do remember back in the 50s uh, uh, that uh, they, before they I, I-5 went through and took out the 410 Supper Club, a lot of the Chinese uh, restaurant owners would invite black bands down to play. And as a matter of fact, uh, on 12th and Jackson, Takuda Drugs at the downstairs of that drugstore was a black and tan, a club one way in. Oh, yeah, one I heard about that one. Yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, so we've had some kind of, and then when my family first moved here, I guess a lot of the Japanese have just been out of the, uh, the camps like five or six years, but we always had a marvelous relationship. But I do want to talk about the importance of the day. Uh, like a lot of people say, oh, it's just another day, but you got to remember that right now we're facing the same issues that Martin Luther King Jr. faced before he the, the 64 Civil Rights Act. The very same thing, the very same kind of hatred. And the That's thing right. about it is the people have came out of these uh, hoods and sheets and are wearing, wearing suits and ties and in uh, a proud boy. They're wearing Brooks boy, Brooks brothers and, and, suits And now. Oath Keeper outfits and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to overthrow the government. And, you know, it's like they have uh, Clarence Thomas's wife, you know, being in, involved directly. I think Clarence Thomas needs to be removed from the bench because right. he was part, his family is part of the insurrection to overthrow the United States government. And I think that with that charge, he needs to be removed. But I know that Lindsey Graham and McConnell would be standing behind him all the way because he is their boy. So, uh, well, it's always, I mean, it's amazing that, that with, there's always a, a, a collaborator. Uh, and so he's, a, he's been a great collaborator for 30 years and has blocked everything. I mean, he also, he had a, he, he had a, a ruling. Uh, it, it was not a, it was not a, 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 the uh, majority opinion, but he thought it was okay for, for people who were arrested in handcuffs to be beat up. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, actually, it's like, wow. And, you know, he never really issued any opinions anyway, but when he did, they were contrary to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to our, to our uh, success in America. So uh, I just want to read one of Dr. Quote, Dr. King's quote, and I think it was on the uh, slogan this year up, up for, for, for uh, Martin Luther King Day. It says, the time is always right to do the right, to do what's right, mm -hmm. you know. 
That's, that's and, a, and, and you think about that, you know, you think about the high integrity that the time is always right to do what is right. Um, and and uh, Washington State has not doing what was right for 23 consecutive years <laughs> with all Democrats in the governor's office and yeah. even with a Supreme Court decision in 2003 saying that I-200 did not kill affirmative action, but nobody took it to heart and didn't do anything about it. So now they're coming up with uh, this executive order, you know, uh, but as soon as the governor signed the executive order, the next big project's the West Seattle Bridge, and they had a 2% goal on it. So, I mean, let's, let's be realistic about what's going on. So we also have to work with our, our members of the Congressional Black Caucus as well to try to get some things done uh, because of the fact that uh, right now we have... Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Adam Smith has been supporting us. He's a chair of the House Armed Services Committee. <clears throat> Congressman Maxine Waters is chair of the House Financial Services Committee. Benny Thompson, chair of Homeland Security. And Bobby Scott's the chair of the Education and Labor Committee. So we have some people back there that we're trying to get something done with. <clears throat> but I would like to just take a minute, I don't know how much time we have, to talk about the program. And no, we got a little time today. We'll even take a break in a few minutes and listen okay. to some of the voices of Dr. King. Uh, oh, a little bit. Great. No, go ahead and not. You can. You want to. You want to. You want to make your announcement after the break. Yeah, let's do. It. Let's do it like that. Then okay. Well, all right. Then let's take a break. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty, AM KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walden. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother. Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice, and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures, in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it. But only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the app. Welcome back, Mr. Wright. Thank you, thank you. He was telling the right, wasn't he? Right, that was the right, right, the right moment, wasn't he? 
That's right. <laughs> the white man says the white man's shame. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, that that shame. I don't think I don't think that's kind of going anywhere right now because they've just been so emboldened, so emboldened with this this meanness. I I I and its political parties and uh, want to be able to just shut us out, and I you know just shut us out totally. From any kind of economic development, any kind of life, any kind of—it's like, oh wow, and, and, and it's insidious. It has no rhyme or reason, none. Well, you know, um, I was looking at uh, the NC2A playoffs, and on the floor there is uh, eight to ten black players. Most of the time, ten black players, five from each team. And you look in uh, the student section, you don't see a black face. So I think that's a travesty right there. Right. And I think the NC2A, these schools are making all this money off these young brothers. That's right. And they're not sharing that with any, nobody in the black community. As That's a matter right. of fact, uh, about four or five years ago, uh, the late Nesby Glasgow, that went to UW and also played professional football, uh, he and I uh, crafted out a proposal about how the NFL could give money back to the black community. And we had made a recommendation uh, to the Players Association that 10% of the revenue of all the NFL teams go to a, a black bank in that city. If they didn't have one, start one. And then we also asked for one third of the pension fund every year, which would be billions of dollars to go to a large black bank and, and Congressman Maxine Waters can help facilitate that. But uh, that's what we have to do. The same thing with the national uh, NBA, you know, right. uh, uh, those guys are making all the money for these folks and they, they're paid handsomely. But if they really want to help the community, it's That's good right. to go into the Boys and Girls Club and sign autographs and sign balls. But we need to have them do it. Say, look, we need to have each NDA team deposit 10% of the annual revenue in this in this bank and also a part of the pension fund. And in addition to that, 10% of all the contracts for the, uh, the both the NBA and NFL teams go to African descent of the United States enslaved uh, uh, firms. Because you don't see a whole bunch of other folks playing uh, the NBA or the NFL. And our folks are overrepresented and underrepresented where it counts. In the student section, on the contracts, and being involved with any parts of the money. So that's what that was our demand then. And uh, we're going to keep rationing it up until we get somebody's attention. And maybe one of these days, uh, one of those progressive uh, Black players could be a retired one or a star today can say, look, we need to do the right thing by the black community. We're out here making all this money for everybody else. Our community is being completely left out. And it can't be no minority thing because all minorities are playing the NFL in the NBA. And I mean, if they want to come up with a program for themselves, that's fine. But I'm right. just blacks are overrepresented on the hardwood in the NC2A and also in the NBA and set revenue needs to start coming back. And the people that sponsor these sporting events need to look internally. The, the various uh, television networks, the corporation sponsors need to look and see. They need to be doing 10% uh, because they're generating all their revenue off the backs of these young black men. Well, you know, it's it's another type of uh, exploitation, although they're getting paid, I mean, but it, it does not benefit the collective all uh, uh like, like our work has benefited to collective all because they've been able to use the patents and use all these other stuff. They use us to build the buildings and those kinds of things. So I agree with that. And that was, that's why they probably don't want Colin Kaepernicker to play anymore because he might be a driving force to say, uh, let's do something different. 
And so they have a way of keeping you out. I mean, they, they have, I mean, they, they're pros at this. I mean, this has been going on for generation after generation. So uh, anyway, they, they really, they really pros at how to keep us out of uh, economic development. Yeah. We have some people, I think, if the right program uh, presented by the right people to members of the Congressional Black Caucus, as well as to the Black Players Association, the NFL and the NBA, I think we can get something done because I think they see the problem. But this is something they can do. They don't have to worry about uh, dealing with it every day. We have people in the communities all across the country. And I really hope that the National Urban League, as well as the NAACP, uh, the National Association of Black Broadcasters, the National Bar Association, like that, all these national black organizations we have, they all would make the same demands at the same time. I think we'd get somewhere. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying, <clears throat> trying to make it happen. Well, I'm not going to give up either. Um, but sometimes it's uh, sometimes you know I, I can understand where why he like precious Lord take my hand. <laughs> yes, indeed. <clears throat> Excuse me with with the Bahelia Jackson because. Uh, Sometimes it is a knock at midnight. And that's what he said. You know, sometimes this is so hard. You know, you come to knock at midnight and that you have to really, really know uh, Jesus for yourself. And, you know, you just have to just really believe and have another level of faith. And um, that's what he taught us. He brought he brought another a level of faith. Uh, he didn't give up, but he did call out the white Christians. I mean, you know, the, what is the letter from the Birmingham jail? Yeah. <laughs> Calling them. <clears throat> calling them, you know, about what do they believe? And, uh, yep. and the most segregated hour is still the 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. It's still the most segregated hour in America uh, is, uh, is, is Christianity, you know, except for the black people that's going down to some of those white mega churches. But mm. and they're putting all that money there. <laughs> and those white mega churches are not putting no investment back in the black community either. <laughs> Well, if they uh, Trumpites, I mean, we can't expect anything any different. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I work closely with uh, folks at the Church Council of Greater Seattle here and Reverend Paul Benz. And we have th those folks. because We also had some white clergy that stood with uh, with Dr. King, as well as those right. civil rights workers. that gave right. their lives trying to register black folks of both Goodman, uh, Swarter and Cheney. Right. And, uh, Cheney was a black man, but the other two were Jewish individuals. And, you know, they were massacred, car burn up. And oh, all yeah. because they were going to teach, are they going to uh, register black folks to vote? And now we see the same opposition today. Right. Except for it's not coming from the Klan, it's coming from the Republican Party. All right. Well, the part, that's right. The Republican uh, Party it is the party of the Klan. I mean, the Dixocrats used to be the party of the Klan. They just switched parties now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly what's happening. Because the, yeah. the, the methodology and uh, their goals are the same, and that's to deny American citizens the right to vote because of the color of their skin and also because of their political ideology. Now, they'll let, they, they want Clarence Thomas to vote every day, but I'm telling you right now, there needs to be a serious investigation about a Supreme Court justice's wife getting involved with an insurrection. And she said she didn't discuss with Clarence Thomas when she said she discussed with her best friend Who's the best friend? <laughs> so but there needs to be a serious a investigation on that one. This cannot be just swept under the rug. Because, I mean, uh, you just can imagine if some black folks would have stormed the Capitol. They would probably have concentration camps of black folks right now. 99 years. Oh, no, I mean, the married, And I have a vacation. Been there, you know? Like I said, my brother's getting married. I got, I'm in the wedding. 
The judge let him go. So these judges are the same judges that, that have the ideology of uh, Donald Trump. And he put a lot of them there. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're right about that. And then we just, as we stay on this road, uh, knowing that you and I have been here before, it's the younger people who have not. And uh, and so what what's going to give them strength for the journey? I mean, because you and I have lived this life in Jim Crow uh, and, uh, you know, not being able to vote or our parents not being able to vote. In some places they had to get off the sidewalk when the white woman was coming. Uh, and, you know, there's no new school books ever. Uh, I never had one book. in Louisiana. <laughs> right. I flew to fifth grade in Shreveport, Louisiana at West, Se- West Shreveport Colored Elementary. Was born in Charity Hospital, the colored side. I was born. And, I was born in Brewster Hospital, the colored side. Yeah. Also, uh, in yeah. Jacksonville, Florida. Never. But but we have all the young people. Your daughter's age, my children's age, that have grown up in another world. And then I have grandkids who continue. They're growing up in a different world. So how do you how how would Dr. King would, would light a fire under these young people to understand uh, uh, what the issues are and how and how to come and work together and collaborate? Is what I, yeah. I would say right now with technology, they have more information accessible to them than ever before in the history of this country. And the thing about it is if they can't see now and, and didn't learn anything from the George Floyd movement, if they can't see anything now about the meanness that was directed at Judge Katanji uh, Brown Jackson, if, and as qualified as she was, if they can't understand that now, I don't know what we're going to do. If they can't, well, understand and, and, and that's just it. That's just it. What are we going to do? I mean, we're not going to surrender. You know, we will never throw in the towel. We owe it to our ancestors to continue. So that means that uh, we have to continue to educate our young people. Also, you know that that. Uh, we sing that song, We Shall Overcome. Well, you know, we want it now. We're, we're, not, we're not interested in waiting any longer because we have waited long enough. As a matter of fact, Eric has a, a speech right now from Dr. King says, we want all of our rights. We want them here and we want them now. We don't want them next week or next year. We want them here and now. So Dr. King addressed that long time ago. He said, what Black folks want is we want all of our rights we want them here and we want them now because we certainly have earned them. I mean, 254 years of free labor, but they don't want to, anybody to learn about that. That's critical race theory. If you tell the truth about what happened to black folks in America. Well, just like you just said on the injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And we can say that we can see that on a national, on the international theme right now. That's what's going on in the world. All of this stuff that's in justice right now can actually come in and, and, and threaten justice, uh, uh, justice for the whole world. And so we see all this theater, this war playing out in the theater right now. And I know that Dr. King, I mean, he spoke out against the Vietnam War uh, and, uh, and uh, all of this other stuff that was going on uh, in the world at that time. And the thing, it's the thing about all of this is that the injustice and, and look like the heart of man sometimes just get more harder instead of softening up. I and mean, so, so what does it take to actually bring people to the table to say, hey, we are all in the world and that's, that, that, um, that's enough for all of us. It really is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really absolutely. is enough for all of us. See, it really no, is. It's, you know? There's no question about it. It's just a lack of will by some people in power to make sure fairness goes uh, to everyone. Yeah, that, that's, that's, right. that's the situation. That's right. So that's why. Uh, well, you wanted to talk about what's happening tonight. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Committee of Seattle and King County uh, is hosting a uh, uh, remembrance, uh, a day of remembrance and awards ceremony at Holgate Street Church of Christ. Uh, start at 530. The program will start at six. Uh, we have a number of people we have invited uh, a, a rainbow of folks to come and participate and speak. Uh, there will be some awards that will be uh, given. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority, uh, formerly the OIC building, also known as the, the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, that board of directors will be uh, received an, uh, an award. Uh, Chris H. Bennett will receive the uh, oh, yeah. living, uh, the, you know, after all the years with uh, the medium and then the yeah. awesome KRIZ. Uh, Kristen Harris Talley, representative of the 37th District, uh, will also be honored. And when she didn't stay long, I mean, you know, she got that seat stepping down. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been here and I haven't talked to her yet. To, to, you know, I've heard that that was the case. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you, the, you know, the 37th and the 43rd have always uh, had people to stay a long time. And so, uh, yeah. you know, so hey. And know, then so. the last awardee is. Uh, Dr. Brent Jones, Superintendent of Seattle Public Schools. Mm -hmm. As you know, during the last Juno administration, he was one of the black men that were ran out of the administration. That's of right. Seattle School District. So we had uh, quite a and thing about it is uh, they all ended up on their, uh, in better positions and on their feet. But it's just too bad they had to go through uh, uh, the disparagement that they did. And uh, so... Uh, I was I asked Dr. Jones before, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks that work for Juno that are still there and watch the mass exodus of black men out of that administration. So I just hope that he has somebody to watch his back. And yeah. uh, I'm sure I'm, sure I'm going to be one of the people that's going to do that. Okay. So that's tonight at five o'clock, five thirty. No, uh, uh, five thirty program starts at six. The Holgate Street Church of Christ. Uh, we also have a. Uh, uh, Josephine Howell will be doing. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, she'll be there. She'll sing a couple of numbers, including Lift Every Voice and Sing. Chandler Williams, a young, yes. uh, young uh, musician, a songwriter, producer, mm -hmm. and also a vocalist. Uh, he'll also be there. And then we'll have uh, a lot of folks uh, that represented from, like I said, we invited folks, a uh, complete rainbow of people. And uh, we know Elsa de La Rosa's bringing some Mexican food. I think that. Oh yeah, so, so it's gonna be it's gonna be good food too, all right? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, Catfish yeah, corner, Ezels. Okay. okay. That yeah, will be happening yes, after okay. the program. All right. Well, Mr. Ryan, I want to really appreciate you as we uh, go continue to give, give have a remembrance for Dr. King mm -hmm. and all he did uh, and for us and uh, and for the world. I mean, uh, he, you know, he taught the world to just stand up. And, okay. Uh, well, before and, we go. I want to let people know we still could use a few volunteers. And my number is 206-786-2763. Thank you very much, Reverend Harry. We appreciate you. And also, right. the program will be streamed live on Rainier Avenue Radio. And also, it will be on the MLKCC Facebook page live. So they okay. can't see it. Okay? All righty. Well, Thank I think I have to come down. I can see it on that live, but I can't taste the food. So I'll have to step on down there. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have, we have to have somebody drop you something off. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Mr. Wright, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Mother's thank Justice you. Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host. I'll be right back. Thank you for listening. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Noah with your health tip of the day from the African American Wellness Project. Asthma affects 25 million people nationwide, and every day 10 people die with it, with African-American women and children being most at risk. Early warning signs include coughing, especially at night, or with exercise and wheezing. Almost all asthma can be effectively managed with a good action plan. So talk with your doctor today, and for more information, visit aawellnessproject.org. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. We're remembering Dr. King today, and I'm going to bring my next guest on, Ms. Felicia Cross. Uh, We're going to talk about Dr. King. I mean, she was just a little wee person (laughs) when he was was assassinated. How are you doing, Ms. Cross? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. You know, uh, Dr. King is very, very special to me because my birthday is the day before his. Okay. And so throughout my childhood, um, even before it became a, a public, you know, a national holiday, we still would have the like three day weekend around that time. So, so yes, he's very special to me. All right. Well, you know, Dr. I mean, Mr. Wright just uh, announced that, uh, uh, the event is going to be re- the remembrance celebration over at uh, uh, over at Holgate tonight at 530. They're going to have dinner. It's going to be a lot of good food, going to give out some awards to the community. One of those persons is Chris Bennett, Chris H. Bennett, and also Brent Jones, who's the new superintendent for the Seattle Public Schools. So I'm thinking about going over there because I, uh, the food is always good. <laughs> Because oh. uh, yeah, all the restaurants kind of contribute. So these are, he said, Catfish Corner, uh, you know, Central Del Rosso. You probably have some uh, Mexican food, and um, it'll be a potpourri. And he said that they had they had invited a, a rainbow of people, and uh, that's generous of us. I mean, we're always a generous people uh, uh, to <laughs> to continue to invite people, and that's very good. Um, yeah. And so I I think I I think I'll I'm. I think I'll step outside my house, outside my comfort zone and maybe go over there for a few minutes. Might not stay for the whole thing, you know, just be there for a while just to say hello to people and uh, have my mask on because I'm going to still be masking up. You know, but I was just thinking about Dr. King and just I was talking a little bit about that with that. Well, I talked a lot to that with Mr. Wright. Mm-hmm. But how do you think that uh, I was just thinking about the young people? So oh, some of them are so disaffected right now. They're not interested in voting or they thought that uh you know, I mean, they see what's happening right now with uh, with Judge Jackson and how she's being treated. And they also see uh, starkly all these um, all, all these events against us, uh, you know, whether it's police events or Karen's or all the other world mm-hmm. and, and all the other things. So 
I, I was just thinking, and I asked Mr. Rye that question too, but what would it take to get the young people engaged in absolutely understanding the system? I mean, because nobody's taught them uh, uh, civics, and so they might not understand the system. So I was wondering, I mean, although you got that wonderful technology out there, and sometimes it's used for good and sometimes it's not, but um, I like my granddaughter to be talking about Black Twitter, and say, oh, wow, they didn't, <laughs> I didn't know anything about Black Twitter, but and stuff like that. So I'm just wondering, what would get them, what would get you? You have a young daughter. What would get people her age uh, uh, to absolutely come out and work on a campaign and and work for a work for a democracy, uh, if we believe in that, or work for a better opportunity for African Americans? You know, that's a very good question, and and um, honestly speaking, I. You know, this generation is very different because they don't they don't have the background. You know, they don't have that content of the the real history. Um, and and they're so they're so melt. It's a melting pot now. Uh, people are, you know, this generation is more um, together as far as um, ethnicity is concerned. So um, that's a very good question because they don't feel like it's our their problem. <laughs> Well, but if they can't, but if they're blind to all the microaggressions or they're blind to what's happening to them, is that because maybe they don't understand that it's happening and they don't have no reference point for it? That's, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and so that means that we're doomed. <laughs> I mean, because, because when a people has been assimilated and their descendants don't understand the history mm -hmm. and, uh, and things are happening in their face and they don't have, um, they don't have a, a, a what is it? They don't have a, a a reference for it because nobody has taught them history. Then they all with everything that's going on. Then they they say, oh, that what well, is not that bad, I mean, right? Oh, or is it's that other person's fault instead of structural uh, uh, racism? See. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that that's where we are. And it's um, that's my opinion. But, you know, even with me, you know, I remember growing up, my mom and my dad, you know, they picked cotton in Louisiana. We went back to Louisiana. So we always had that reference uh, about how they were brought up. But I can't I don't have that story to share with my kids, you know. I didn't grow up picking cotton and 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 back in in the in the deep south, so I don't have that reference to give to my kids, which means that you know there's a separation there. Yeah, but also what happens in the Pacific Northwest? People who are raised here don't have the history reference. Right. I mean, because you can't teach the history. I mean, even Washington State history. I mean, I mean, people had to fight here, and just like Mr. Rob was talking about, they're still running us out the central area. So if you don't have a you don't have a, a I mean, if people had known that the central area, this property was purchased by William Gross, I think people would have fought harder yes. to not to be ran off their property. But see, but what you don't know, I mean, that's why history is a connector from the past to the future, because then you understand what's happening, uh, uh, because people didn't understand it. They yep. thought we were redlined in here. That might have been true, but this was your property. I mean, it was made for you. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and so people didn't understand that. And so when Weed and Seed came along, they didn't have an opportunity and they, and, and to, to fight for that. But also a lot of these young people, by the time they get 45 or 50, they start waking up and they're angry. <laughs> I mean, because they're angry that nobody taught them this. Right. Like when they get to be 35 or 40, it's like, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but it was always available. Right, right. You, know, you are so right. Available. 
you know, and then they wake up and then they, well, you know, they're going to put on their dashiki and they're going to get a, <laughs> you know, going to put their fists in the air and say, <laughs> you're right down with the system. I mean, because then they're waking up. But by that time, they still have to get enough information to teach their children. Exactly. And see, one of the things, the system actually was betting on us becoming assimilated because people, I mean, and look at the international district, the international district. It's what happens when your children become assimilated because they all went, they, 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 you know, I mean, it was all kind of shopkeepers down there, all kind of food places, you know, all kind of Asian places. And, and now the second or third generation got PhDs in that or, or they college educated. And so nobody is shopkeeping in them more. Yes. So that means that the deaths means that in 20 to 30 years, you won't have an international district. Right. I mean, because of assimilation, the assimilation kills your own ethnicity that's what it does you know the I, I we need to i want to do a broader um uh think on this assimilation because it is very true i think about this house now i'm 57 been in this house all of my life right here on in mount baker Leshai, and that my parents paid eleven thousand dollars for <laughs> and now right. it's wor worth whatever you know but um but when i go I, I can't see my daughter coming to, to, you know, take this house and carry it on as a family family home. I can't even see that because they don't, well, I don't. Yeah, but, you know, but 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 that has to be part of the discussion. It's exactly. a legacy for your granddaughter. So exactly. I mean, really and truly, it's a legacy, and and it's a it's a it's an honoring to your parents who worked very who never made big money. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of the people who bought these houses, they just, they were always underpaid, undervalued. So they didn't, unless they were working at the shipyard over in, uh, over in, uh, uh, Bremerton, but they probably didn't play the Negroes they, the same amount of money they paid the white people who caught hmm. the ferry over there. I mean, you know, because that, that was a form of employment. And then you had Boeing. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't have unions, I mean, even if you had unions, you don't know if they made the same amount of money. So you have all these other things. So that's why history, yes. you know, and that's why it's good to remember Dr. King. And one of the things he said, he'd stick with her with love because hate was too big, was too big of a burden. Mm. That's what he said, you know, you know, I, I'm a stick with love. I was looking at one of his sayings. Uh, he, he says, everybody can be great because yeah. anybody <laughs> can serve. You don't yes. have to have a college degree to serve. Right. You don't, you don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve is uh, it say you only need a heart full of grace and a yes. soul a soul generated by love and you know what you know he said that and you know who it fits is it fits a lot of cross <laughs> and that's it that's the teaching yeah. right there that's right that's right that's right that's right because so many times people sit back because they don't have this or that. Right. And especially, you know, those verbs and uh, all of that stuff is not matching. And I'd like to tell people all the time that uh, leaders are not born. They are made. They step mm. up in a time of a crisis. That's what leaders are. I mean, there's nobody born today that's a born leader. It's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Dr. Something King, mm -hmm. Dr. Dr. King, and, and he Capricorn like us, but right. Dr. Dr. King had um he was way before his time really. When you when you look back at some of the things and and uh, the quotes, um, I had an opportunity to go to uh to Memphis for a um conference and got to go to the memorial, and it was it it was eye opening. 
eye opening the memorial in in um in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, they know. And he was standing up for the poor man. Yes. I mean, and that's one of the things that I told uh, uh, Mr. Wright is that this system, before they would pay us uh, equal wage, they opened the door for immigration. Now, I'm not talking bad about immigration. I'm just mm-hmm. saying what, what I'm just saying what history showed us. I mean, because before then we were working for nothing. We were still working for nothing. Okay, I mean, then black people were still out there trying to get good jobs and, and they weren't open for us. But then they opened the door for immigration and then that meant that other people came and worked for less for a long right. time. That's they worked right. for less for a long time. And so black people lost jobs, okay? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's something that we don't talk about, but they did. I mean, they lost jobs to other people who would lose, who would work less uh, uh, than than we were than we were working for. But um, but again, he said that love, you know, he says he says he talks a lot about love. Yes. Um, and uh, he says faith is taking the first step, even when you don't even see the whole staircase. staircase. Now, now, it, isn't that powerful? It is. <laughs> that's powerful. That's it faith. But also that means you're fearless. Yes. I mean, you're fearless because you're going to do something now, you know. And one of the things that I already, I've already read this one, but it says this one is so cool because it's apple poor right now. Mm-hmm. The time is always right to do what's to do right. right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. I, I have one here too. He says, uh, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Yeah, and that's what now that's looks like what the world is looking at right now. Who would have believed that we would be watching a war right now? Right. And the and and, and the allies uh, uh, of NATO won't get into the war. Wouldn't have, I mean I don't think that would have happened at World War Two. I mean, so now people are afraid of the what nuclear war, and I mean, actually they're afraid of Russia. I mean, to tell the truth. Yeah, bottom line. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Bottom line is they're afraid of Russia, so they bring us this war every day. I don't watch it like it's like like it's a uh, you know like like it's make believe, and it's like wow. I mean, so the world is paralyzed. So what good? What good is NATO? Hmm. Again, what good is all of this stuff if they can't stand up? You know, I, again, but but what would Doctor what would Doctor King would be saying? But wow. he would be saying that war, no matter where, is out of line with love compassion and the and the development of humankind that's it you know really and truly it is yeah. out of line and then also what would he be saying to the youth of the day we cannot leave this today without talking about our young people All right I mean, because assimilation has gotten them so play so confused and no history that i mean that in sacramento i mean all those people and then in seattle and all of them I mean, in most of these, of course, we know that other, uh, other young people go shoot up the schools. But uh, this is really pronounced in yes. every city. So what has happened to our people in 40 years, that 40 years before you go back 40 years, a lot of this stuff wasn't happening. And so what would Dr. King be saying today to young yes. people? What would he be saying to them about what their potentials are? what they have to offer, what the world needs and, and what we need to be telling them. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure he'd be talking about how to create a culture of peace yes. instead of a culture of war and, 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 a, and a culture of death. Cause that's what the whole world is living under a culture of death. 
So how do he, we create it, a culture of peace? Here's a, here's another saying. He says, uh, there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe nor political nor popular, but he must take it because his conscience tells him it is right. Yeah, conscious. You yes, know yes. Conscious, conscious. You that is right. And yeah. that's what we need more of. And not going along to get along. I mean, I didn't know how, right. to, how easy the world is to be brainwashed. I mean, right. it's like, wow. I mean, where's the moral compass for righteousness? Right. And you just said, I want to read that one again. I mean, that, that's, it, that's it, a good one. Yes. This says, there comes a time when one must take a position that's neither safe nor political nor popular, but he must take it because it's because his conscience tells him it is right. Oh man, I mean that is so apropos. I mean, because I love we it. continue, we continue to do the work. I think I may have to put that on some of my on some of something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, something because this is who we are. Yes. We continue to do the work, and you know, it's not popular right. to talk about police brutality. It's not popular to talk about how our kids are harming one another. It's not popular to, to talk about our children can't read. It's not popular to talk about all the stuff that's going on in our community, but that's it's morally right. right. It's morally right. We, we must address these issues because when the story is written, we would be found wanting if, if 40 years from now they said, well, people was doing all this stuff and people didn't do nothing. Hmm. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't want that to be part of my legacy. I know you don't. And Dr. King didn't want it to be part of nope. him, but he knew he wasn't long for this world. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he I called mean, you it. Know, he talked about. He knew all the death threats and something, mm -hmm. but but he was fearless. And he took. He was he, fearless he, for righteousness. Okay, he wasn't yeah. fearless to just pick up a gun and go harm somebody. I mean, because there's a lot of little fearlessness going on there because you know they they ready to go whatever. But he was fearless for righteousness. Yeah, he said it. Uh, his it take it because his conscience tell him is right. You know. Right. So he, you know, that is that speaks to just who he was. He wasn't right. pop, popular right. in in the things he stood up for, but his right. conscience. And then he wasn't liked by all black people because the the Baptist, the, the National Baptist Association, did not like him. That's why he started the uh, the the, uh, uh, the the what he started in uh, in my, in uh, in, uh, in Atlanta now the Southern Christian Leadership Leadership mm -hmm. yeah that that's because the Baptist uh, leadership didn't want him to preach in the churches uh, and would not because they thought he was rocking the boat he stuff well you just need to wait you know I mean there's always people on the inside who are mm. also telling us that you need to wait wait for what man hmm. the time is now. That time it's is now. Always now. It's always this is the right time to do the right thing. And you want you got one more quote you want to read out before we uh, before we end our show today? Uh, let's see here. It says, uh, "All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper." Somewhere I read uh, of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest your right for right. Right. 
Yes. Well, this is wonderful. And I tell you, we keep remembering him as long as I'm alive. Yes. I'm going to remember him. And I want my grandchildren and my you know, everybody to remember him because he was a great individual, a great man of God and a great lover of all people. I want to thank you, uh, Ms. Cross, for coming on and being part of the remembrance of Dr. King. Thank you for uh, having me. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. I'll be back next week. Thank you. Happy spring.